0: Some good stuff to get into today. Um, we're going to talk about. Here's here's something that may sound like a little bit of a contradiction to you. Offended by grace, like how does that work? Huh? <laughs> how do we get there? What does that mean? Right? We're going to talk we'll talk about that for a little bit. We're going to go to uh, one of Yeshua's parables, the parable of the workers in in the vineyard. We're going to talk about. You know, we're we're all workers in the field, and and uh, the Father has called us all to these things, but. You know, Yahweh gives good things to his people, right? How many of us can testify Yahweh's been good to us, right? So uh, he, he gives us all good things. The scripture says every good and perfect gift comes from above, right? Every good and perfect gift comes from him. But do we ever look at what somebody else got and how come, say, how come I didn't get that? Do we ever look at something else that's like, wait a minute, but, but God, you gave me this. And like, we're happy with it until we see something he gave somebody else. Yeah, see many of you just kind of shaking your heads, right? Let me put it this way. How many of you have had more than one child and you give them a gift? Buddy, everyone better be the same, right? <laughs> you know, it's like even even, even, down to, even down to like a cup of juice. Buddy, they'll measure it, you know? But do we do that? Do we do that? You know, you think Yahweh, Yahweh, you've given me good things and Yahweh, you're so good to me. Wait a minute, what did they get? Wait a minute, how come they got that? I want that. How come I didn't get that? Well, guys, <laughs> we, need, we need to just take a look at some things today and address. You know, Yahweh is good, and he does give us what we need. You know, he gives us perfect gifts. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. He gives us what we need. He gives us what is perfect. And so what do we do with it? And do we thank him for it? You know, Rav Shaul says, I have learned what it is to be content, basically, I'm paraphrasing, in everything. Right? But notice that phrase learned is in there. How many of us have to learn to be content with what the Father has given? To learn to do these things. Because a lot of times we, uh, we say, yes, Yahweh, you're good and you're gracious and you're merciful and you are so awesome, but how come I don't have what I need yet? We ever kind of throw that little thing on the end there? you know? And that's the, that's the thing we need to stop, at, stop ourselves and pay attention to. It's like, Yahweh, well, you're so good, you're gracious, you're merciful. These are some things I'm looking at, but you know what, Yahweh, I'm going to surrender myself and let you work what you want to work in my life. Because scripture says, seek first what? See, you guys know this. Seek first the kingdom of Yahweh and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. In other words, seek first the things that he desires and he'll give you what you need. He'll give you the things you desire. Scripture even says he knows what you need before you need it. So it's not like he's just ignoring you. He knows what you need, but yet seek him first. You know, there's many different reasons for this. I think one of which is we can never deny where it came from. That's a good one, isn't it? We can never deny that what we have is because Yahweh has given it to us. And so as we continue to thank him for what he's given us, continue to thank him for even the work that he's given us and and the things that he's put in our lives, that uh, we can continue to grow. And it's not just about helping ourselves and our family. It's about advancing the kingdom, amen? And so these are some things we're going to address today. So start off starting start off. <laughs> That's good English, ain't it? <laughs> so let us start, shall we, <laughs> with a few things we can just come to agreement on. Okay, Yahweh's ways are higher than our ways, right? Okay. Uh, we, if we say nope, we got Yahweh all figured out, then I'm not gonna listen to you. <laughs> because we don't, okay? But yet, there are things that Yahweh has revealed to us, but the minute we think, oh, we've got them all figured out, no, you don't. No, his ways are higher than our ways, and he is completely beyond our comprehension, but he does reveal things of himself to us. And that what he has revealed to us, he wants us to walk in, right? Scripture says, Isaiah 55, 6 through 9, seek Adonai while he may be found, call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous one his thoughts, let him return to Adonai, so that he may have the compassion on him and to our God, and he will abundantly pardon. Now look at verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, in a declaration of, of Adonai. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. I have an interesting way to paraphrase. Verse 8. He says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, and I'm going to say because. Your ways are not my way. Because if we're at a place where we're not walking in His ways, we're definitely not going to think like Him. Okay? If we're continuing in the Word, continue learning the Word, reading it, discerning these, these things that He's told us to, then we're going to learn what His ways are. Scripture says, that uh, Moshe knew God's ways, Israel knew God's deeds. What was the difference? The difference is Israel knew the things that Yahweh did for them, but Moshe knew Yahweh, see? And so there is a difference in relationship. And so the more more time we spend in the word, the more time we spend with prayer, the more time we spend to discern our own hearts in these things, he will continue to show us his ways. And then we'll learn uh, how he thinks right but that's about, we need to acknowledge though his ways are hi- are higher than our ways and so when we have this sense of injustice in the things that Yahweh is doing we need to trust him that Yahweh is never unjust okay we just don't understand justice in the terms he under and, and I think that's a good way to put it in the in the ways of the world there are many things in the ways of the world that sound like justice but it's not according to the so again where is our heart where is our intent where is our focus right back to this one. Yahweh's justice sometimes doesn't make sense to us, right? Sometimes Yahweh does something, and we're like, okay, why, why are you doing that, right? Has, has Yahweh ever done something in your life and you're like, well, I wouldn't have done it that way. <laughs> I think that's the point. <laughs> I, th- I think that's the point, you know, that, that, that he's going to do it in a way that would benefit the kingdom and us, right? Sometimes we can't see past ourselves. Truth, Sometimes we can't see past ourselves. So Yahweh is going to, to reveal things that's going to benefit, like I said, the kingdom and you in, in the process. Exodus thirty three eighteen and 19, uh, speaking to Moshe, he says, he says, show me your glory. And so Yahweh says to Moshe, I will cause all my goodness to pass before you and call out the name Adonai before you. And look at this. I will be gracious toward whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy on whom I will be merciful. That's, that's another attribute of Yahweh that is saying. He says, I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will show mercy to whom I will be merciful to. That right, that phrase right there in and of itself tells us he's not going to do it the way that we think he should, okay? Because it's like uh, when Yahweh is merciful and gracious and compassionate to somebody who we think they've had enough chances, God just strike them. Guess what, guys? (laughs) Yahweh is long-suffering. He's gracious. He is compassionate. Yes, he is righteous. He is just, but he is merciful. And praise Yahweh, he is. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. (laughs) none of us would be able to stand before him okay so we think we thank him that he is gracious that he is merciful and he does show that to whom he will you ever wonder about you know why well God how come these people are getting away with these things I guarantee you nobody's getting away with anything Yahweh's justice is on time and it will be done at the right time okay (laughs) leading to this Yahweh's ways are just and fair you ever told God God that's not fair we've done it. We've done it. Be honest now. I'm not the only one being exposed up here. Uh-huh. <laughs> we've done it, right? God, that's not fair. Guess what? He is fair. And, and have you ever noticed that even, even like with children, you know, when they say that's not fair, what they really mean is, well, I don't want that. <laughs> I'm not getting what I want. So that's not fair. <laughs> Justice doesn't mean you get what you want. Justice means you get what is right. <laughs> You get what is just. Because a lot of times what we want doesn't line up with what is right. See? And so we need to, again, trust Yahweh. Submit ourselves to him. Learn to walk in the process. Learn to walk with him in that. Now on this one, let's do this. Ezekiel 18, 25 to 29. Yet you say Adonai's way is unfair. You you thought that you were the only one who did that? (laughs) Right? No, Israel did the same thing. Yahweh's ways are not fair. So here now, house of Israel, is my way not fair? Is it not your ways? that are unfair? When a righteous man turns away from his righteousness and commits iniquity, he will die for it. Because of his iniquity that he did, he will die. Look at verse 27. But when the wicked man turns away from his wickedness that he's committed and does what is lawful and right, his soul will live. See that? Well, this was a wicked and evil person, but they repented and they've turned and they're doing what is right. They will live. For us, no, we want to continue to punish for things of the past. But Yahweh says no. See, again, that's where His grace and His mercy and His justice, everything comes in. He says, no, I can forgive and I can also lift them up and they can walk in my kingdom and they will live. Praise Yahweh, because again, none of us would be able to stand otherwise, right? Okay, verse 28. because he considers and turns away from all his transgressions that he committed, he will surely live, not die. Yet the house of Israel says the way of Adonai is unfair. House of Israel, are my ways not fair? Is it not your ways that are unfair? So again, if we say, um, Yahweh, that's not fair, we need to stop and really consider our motives because we know that Yahweh can't be unfair. So we need to stop it and consider these things, which kind of leads to the question, do we look at others the way Yahweh looks at them or do we look at them and try to judge them according to our own ways? And, And that's a tough thing to say. Okay. But it's the truth because let's face the reality of it. Many people have double standards, even though you like to say you don't. Many people do, you know, well, you know, the, like this is, this is what the word says, but this is what I'm going to do. But buddy, I'm going to hold you to the word, right? You know, we need to, let me, let me just kind of put it this way. As many of us want to receive Yahweh's mercy and his grace, because we need it, we need to also exhibit that truth. We need to also give the mercy and the grace that we desire to receive in our life. See, and that's the way the kingdom works, right? And, and even Yeshua put it this way. So if when, you, when you pray and you're standing, forgive. Why? So that you'll be forgiven, right? So this is the, kind of the, the same scenario works in there. So James puts it this way. He opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Here's a novel idea. Did you ever stop to think that James was quoting from the Tanakh? (laughs) I guarantee you, any place in the B'rit where they're quoting, it's from the Tanakh. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So it's in there. I know there's a couple little places where they're talking about other other apocalyptic uh, writings and things like that. But guess what, guys? They taught from the Tanakh. Right And, and, and in, the, in the Brihad Asha where it says study the Scriptures, do the Scriptures, the New Testament hadn't been written yet. Okay, so what Scriptures are we talking about? To submit ourselves to Yahweh and His ways, read the Word, learn to walk in it, because that was revealing of His heart, right? Proverbs 3.34 says that Yahweh scoffs at the scoffers, but He gives grace to the humble. He gives grace to whom? The humble. So that means the proud do not get it. Yahweh opposes the proud but He gives grace to the humble. Which means we need to be what? We need to be humble. We need to be humble. And, and, and the more we study the Word, the more we realize we need to study the Word. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and the closer in the relationship we get to the Father, and the more we pray, and the more we start to see Him and see that He is holy, the more we see we need to be more humble. And we need to be thankful that He does give us the grace that allows us to live and allow us. Back to the point that we had at the beginning. Are we offended when Yahweh does not do or act the way that we think He should? And, we, and, and our first you know, reaction would be, oh, absolutely not. No, I would never be offended at Yahweh. But then stop and think about it. <laughs> you know, are we? Or do you ever say, you know, to Yahweh, "Well, that's not right" or "That's not fair"? Or, How come I and they? I mean, anytime we do things like these, we're bordering the area of be careful to not let these things grab a hold of our heart and allow these things to be uh, to in us that that's uh, that could deceive ourselves in the midst of these things. Right? What is our motive for our relation? What is? I mean, when we talk about relationships. We're talking about covenant. We're talking about devotion, opportunity, greed, fear. How about this one? Someone else lied to us, so this must be true. Stop and think about these. Because what is the reason that we are following Yahweh? Guys, how about this one? We love Him because He first loved him. If our relationship with the Father is not built on love, it's going to fall. Anything else will fall. See, if it's not built on that love for Him, and we learn to grow in that, don't we? We didn't know Yahweh. We didn't love Him, but He loved us. And He said, I have a better way for you. I can can forgive you. I can make atonement for you. I can bring you into my presence, and I can show you how to have life and have it abundant. That's what Yeshua came to do, right? John 10.10. How come they have life and have it How? abundant life. So this is what we're looking at. What is the basis of our relationship for the Father? And I have I've heard of many people who have who've come to faith in Yahweh saying, oh, I've been taught lies my whole life, so I'm going to turn away from all these lies. I'm, I'm going to go to Yahweh. But here's the, here's the problem. And I'm not saying that some of these things don't have validity, but here's the problem with that. That's not the right perspective. That's still an intellectual pursuit. That's still a pursuit of knowledge. And that's and, and, and we need to study the Word to see what's true. Absolutely. We need to study the Word to see what the truth is. Absolutely. But the minute something comes across our lives that challenges what we've believed, now automatically we doubt everything. And we have to be careful with it. That's where we have to trust you. That means if we love Yahweh with all our heart, with all our soul, and our might, you know, when Yeshua addressed this, what is the most important thing I need to take care of? What's the most important mitzvah? What is, the, what is it? love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul or your mind and the second is like it to love your neighbors yourself so to love the lord your god that is the most important thing everything else falls in line with them and then when we discover something that we may not have known or something that confuses us well, we love him he's not going to try to deceive me we need to trust him even if I don't understand. And that's where we need to read with a lot of the Scripture. That's where we need to trust with a lot of our life. Because if you do understand everything, then you yourself come to this idea, I do comprehend the mind of Yahweh. I do know the way He does things. And guys, that's, we can get pride, prideful and arrogant and everything else. Nope. We need to be humble, right? And so instead of trying to figure God out, just learn His ways. Let's learn His heart. Learn to walk. Learn to follow Him. You know what Yeshua told us? Follow me? We need to learn to follow Him in all of these things, right? Okay. So, before we get to the parable, have we asked the same question that Peter did? How many of you guys really enjoy Peter in the scripture? How many of you guys can really see yourself in a lot of the things that Peter addressed? <laughs> right? You know, Kepha, Simon Peter, right? So, so, look at this. We read in Matthew 19 27. So, Peter says, Look, we've left everything to follow you. What do I get for it? <laughs> That's what he said. Now, let me, let me kind of paraphrase this. Have you ever had your relationship with Yahweh come to a business transaction? <laughs> Yahweh, I've left everything to follow you. I've given up everything. See what I've sowed into this? What do I get in return? Guys, Yahweh's not a stock market. <laughs> okay? We, we need surrender our heart to Him. Surrender your everything to Him because it's what you're called to do. He laid down His life for you. And He's asked you. And so we don't serve Yahweh as a matter of Okay, I'm gonna serve you Yahweh, what do I get for it? Can I tell you what you're gonna get for it? People are gonna hate you. The world is going to revile you. Sounds good so far? But you're going to get, get love. You're going to get the relationship with the Father that, that is beyond comprehension. <laughs> what does the Scripture say? What does it prophet a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? That which you seek to save, you're going to lose. If you've given it up to him, you've, you're, you're gaining everything, right? So these are all the things that we're looking at. In our pursuit of Yahweh. Do we say, okay, Yahweh, you're asking me to do this or give this up or you're asking me to serve here or do that there? Do we ever do so with the idea of what do I get for? And if we do... That's wrong motive, guys. We don't serve Yahweh to say, what do I get out of it? We serve Yahweh because we love Him, right? And so if that is the case, we need to kind of readdress our hearts where we're at with that. And so anything that we do in the service of Yahweh is a labor of love. Amen? Anything we do in our service to Yahweh, whether it's loving Him, serving Him, or serving one another and reaching out to one another or or, or doing things within the body, it's all a labor of love. Everything. And if not, then we need to kind of stop and say, why am I doing it? You know, it's, it's even the little things in advancing the kingdom still advances the kingdom. Even the little things in helping the body still helps the body. And the problem is we, we can't put ranks on it. And that's one of the things we learn in the parable. We can't say, yeah, but this person did this for longer, or this person did more, or this person did. No, no, we all are part of the body, and we all have roles to play in that. And each part is valuable. And that's what, this, that's what the, the parable is telling you. I already, I already gave away the punchline. Should I continue? All right. Let's go to the parable. Matthew 20. Matthew 21 through six. For the kingdom of heaven is like... do you love when things start this way? The kingdom of heaven is like... That means we need to pay attention. He's telling us something about the kingdom, right? The kingdom of heaven is like... The master of a household who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He went out when? Early in the morning, right? Okay. So when he had agreed with the workers for a denarius per day, he sent them out into the vineyard. Okay, so here's the thing. The denarius for a day was, uh, let's put it this way, the average wage someone would have had in that day and age, okay? And, and you know, you work in a vineyard like this, this is like an all-day project when, you're, when it's time to harvest and do this. Let me ask people who have, who have ever worked on a farm or ever worked in, in horticulture, things like that. When it's time to harvest, do you set a 9 to 5 schedule? <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. You, you, do, what's, you do what's there until the day is done. You know, you work till it's finished, right? Uh, my father-in-law used to own a drywall company. And, and, and one of the things he did, he said, okay, we're here. You used to show up to a job and you're there until the job is done, right? You know what that means? When it started to get dark, you strung up lights and kept working. Now, back in this day and age in a the vineyard, they couldn't string up lights. <laughs> but I believe if they could have, it would be in the parable. <laughs> <laughs> okay? All right, let's keep going. Let's keep going. So verse three, and he went out about the third hour and he saw others standing in the marketplace idle. And he said to them, go into the vineyard too, and I'll give you whatever is right. Now notice this, through the first group early in the morning, how much did he say he was going to give them? A denarius, a day's wage, a full day's wage was the average pay for the time frame. Okay? So I'll, get, I'll give you this much to work for me for today, like day labor, right? Do that and go out. And so then about the third hour, he went out and he says, go into the vineyard and I'll give you what's right. So they didn't even come to an agreement on, the, on the, the, how much they were getting paid. They just said, well, I'm going to trust him. He's going to do what's right. And they went out. And even if he didn't, I need the money. I'm going to work anyway, right? Okay, verse 5. So they went, and again he went out about the 6th and the ninth hour and did the same. So he went out in the morning, went out the 3rd hour, went out the 6th hour, went out the ninth hour. And then about the 11th hour he went out and found others standing around. And he said to them, Why have you standing around your idol the whole day? Because no one has hired us, they said. And he said to them, You go into the vineyard too. And now when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the workers to pay them their wages, beginning from the last to the first. What? <laughs> Now, I don't know if you know how they did the, the, the calling, like, the hours in the Scripture. It wasn't like 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock kind of a thing. They had the day that was divided, and, um, and, and, and it was the divided by time of sunlight, and it was divided into equal parts. And so uh, a, a, an hour, per se, could have been longer than an hour. It could have been less than an hour, depending on the amount of sunlight in the day. Right? That's why it says, so when evening came... <laughs> right? So now, this, essentially, the p- point we're getting to is it had been all day in the sun, right? And vineyards, so when's the time frame of the ripe harvest for the vineyards that are doing this? We're talking June, July. So how long was the day? It's not like December, right? <laughs> Where you're working all day until it gets dark at 3.30, right? <laughs> so they're working all day, and it's, the sun is you know, starting to go down at like 9, you know? So they're working all day. And so he goes out and he says, okay, so it's time to pay everybody. Uh, So call in the workers and start with the ones that we last hired, the new hires, right? The ones who have only worked an hour, if that right? He went out about the 11th hour, right? It means it's almost evening. So where was the vineyard? We don't know where the vineyard was, but I guarantee it wasn't across the street. So it's still, they had to go to the vineyard. So they go out there and then he says he hires them. And then, so we're talking, they may be worked, what, half an hour? And let's call them and pay them first. Stop for a second. How would you feel? <laughs> I guarantee, you know, I just think about it. I don't think any of us would, if this happened at our job, I don't think any of us would be like, oh, well, that seems fair, right? What happens? Verse nine. So those who come about the 11th hour each received a denarius. Okay, stop to think about this for a second. So the one who who only worked, who just worked just this little bit, only just an hour, if that, he gets a denarius, which is a full day's wage. And you know what he's thinking? (laughs) Cool. This is awesome. All right. I'll take it. Hey, you need work tomorrow? (laughs) Right? And so you know what the other people are thinking. The guy that was hired at the first of the day said, well, wait a minute, now if he got a denarius, he only worked an hour, he starts doing the math, what are you gonna expect, right? Now mind you, was he hired an hourly wage? He was hired for the work for the day, wasn't he? So this is what happens. So when the first came, they supposed they would receive more. Wouldn't you? But they received only a denarius. But when they received it, they began to what? Grumble grumble, grumble, at the master of the house. And they said, wait a minute. These last guys only came and did an hour and you've made them equal to us and we bore the burden of the day. We went through the scorching heat. We went through, we worked our tail off and sweating and we're exhausted and it was hot and, and, and we only get a denarius and you gave them the same thing. That's not fair. There's a problem and it's not with the, it's not with the vineyard owner. Verse 13, but answering, he said to them, friend, And can you hear the tone in that? It's not like friend. (laughs) No, it's like friend, right? You hear the difference in the tone there? It's like someone coming up to you, telling you whatever, and you're like, hey, buddy, right? This friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Didn't you agree with me? Wasn't this our agreement? We had a contract, didn't we? You agreed to it. I gave you what we agreed to. What's the problem? Problem is... Instead of honoring the agreement and being thankful for receiving what he initially was more than happy to do, he started looking at what other people, and he started comparing what he got versus what other people got. And then when he got what was agreed on and what was given to him, then he wasn't thankful for what he had anymore. He wanted what someone else had. Guys, do we do this? need to be careful. Be careful. So look here, verse 14. He says, so take what is yours and go, but I want to give this last guy the same as you. Basically kind of like, it's my money. I do what I want with it, right? We agreed on something. I gave you what we agreed. I can do what I want with my money. I gave him the same I gave you. Am I not permitted to do with what belongs to me? Or am I evil because, or, or better yet, this way, or is your eye evil because I'm good? See that, See what he's saying there. Are you evil? Is your eye evil? This is translating like jealous, jealousy, okay? Are you jealous because I am good. Stop and think about for a minute what the guy did have in it. It was John. In verse 16, he says, so the last will be first and the first will be last. Again, this is Yeshua speaking in the parable he was giving here. So the last will be first and the first shall be last. Guys, let let me kind of put it this way as well. When salvation is given to you, did it cost more to make atonement for you than it did for somebody else the day that yeshua was crucified put in the ground and resurrected the person who, who received him that day decided to follow him that day is it any different for you today do you not both receive the same reward it's no different and so again we need to be thankful for the things he always given it's kind of like the manna as well i mean Yahweh says in the, in the morning, you know, the, they, the people left out with the matzah. They came out of Mitzrayim and they had the matzah, the, the work of their hands. They did this. And at a certain point of time, they're going to run out of matzah. And they did. And then they said, Moses, we're hungry. I'm being nice. okay? That's, that's a nice way of putting it. They said, Moses, we're hungry. You're going to give us food or what? Right? And Yahweh says, I'm going to give you man- He says, I'm going to give you bread from heaven. And so they come out from their tents the the, the next morning, and and we we think about it this way. They saw this thing on the ground, and they said, oh, it's manna. That's not what happened, okay? Scripture says they came out of their tents, they saw it, and they said, manhu, which means, what is it? (laughs) They didn't name it. They asked, what is this? Right, so it was called manna from that point forward. Because Moshe said, this is what Yahweh said that I told you yesterday He was going to have for you today. Hello, were you listening? (laughs) Right? And so they went and they gathered it and they collected it and then they rejoiced. Yeah, I mean, it was so awesome. The next day they had manna. Great, this is awesome. The next day they had manna. This is so cool. 300 days later we have manna. Do we ever get to a point where what Yahweh is giving us supernaturally and freely out of His grace and His mercy, we come to a point where where we're like, that's it? That's all I get today? Manna? (laughs) Really? That's all you need? (laughs) He's given you everything that you need. We need to receive it. Be thankful for the gifts He's given us. Walk with Him in that as we follow Him every step of the way into His kingdom. Amen? Kind of go over this quickly. So the landowner goes out and hire workers at different times of the day. Signifies that God calls us at different stages of our lives. Not even just periods of time through history, but even different stages of our lives. Some of us have known Yahweh since we started to learn how to walk. And others of us, uh, you know, just get much later in life. Say, I just realized I didn't know anything about him. And God just kind of went, here I am, right? And every point in between, Yahweh calls us at different points in our life. The landowner pays each worker the same wage regardless of when they started working. It's all the same. It's all the same thing. We often think we deserve more because our efforts or of our sacrifices. However, this parable challenges the mindset, reminds us that God's grace is not something we earn or deserve. The workers who were hired first felt entitled to more because they worked longer. I've worked longer, I'm more experienced, I'm better at it. I should get better pay. It's not the way it works. We're all working for the kingdom. That means we're not looking out for ourselves, we're looking out for the kingdom. It helped build the body. And if the part of the body is doing well, then it helps benefit the rest of the body, right? Okay. So however, the landowner reminds them he's not being unfair and he gave them exactly what was a good. Okay, So so he's asked them the question, are you envious because I am generous? And Ephesians 1, 7 through 9 reminds us, in him we have redemption through his blood and the removal of trespasses in keeping with the richness of his grace that he lavished. I love that phrasing. The richness of His grace that He lavished. That's just a beautiful way to put it. Do we deserve it? No. But He lavished such an minute. And if we, if we receive it that way, we can't help but be thankful. Right? It says in all wisdom and insight, he made known to us the mystery of his will in keeping with his good pleasure that he planned in the Messiah. James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, whom there is no variation or sifting shadow. Does it say that every good and perfect gift comes from above, unless somebody else gets a gift we like better? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. And he's giving you what you need. To bless him, to honor him, to bless you, to bless your family, and to be a blessing to others. So in our parable, the wages were agreed upon. We see a few things in the Torah. Leviticus 19.13 says, You are not to oppress your neighbor nor, nor rob him. The wages of a hired servant are not to remain with you all night until morning. Did the, did the owner of the vineyard pay him that day? Absolutely, that was the agreement. Leviticus 19.36 says, You shall have just balances, just weights, a just ephah, and a just Hen, I am Yahweh your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. He's saying these things are to be righteous. You shall have a, the just balances, righteous balances, righteous weight. All of these things are to be, not be decayed, to be truthful, right? Proverbs 11.1, 1. a false balance is an abomination to Yahweh, but a just weight is His delight. Proverbs sixteen eleven. a just balance and scales are Yahweh's. All the weights in the bag are his work. That's something to consider as well. All the weights in his bag are his work. What did they use for weights? Stones, stones. A stone in and of itself could not contract ritual impurity. So they would use the stones in, in these, and, and that's why you're told don't have two sets of, of stones, one to buy with and one to sell with. You know you should be righteous in in these things to be just in these things but then also consider what we talked about wasn't it last week we talked about the stones that are being built that are a matter of you don't cut those stones you use the stones to build an altar that yahweh said that he fashioned you don't get to fashion the stones that you used to get to put on an altar and it says to use whole stones and that word there for whole was shalom you're to use stones of shalom to build the altar of Yahweh. Not ones that we start to fashion and, and mold and shape, ones that are whole and, and, and are right and are just. And same thing with here. The, 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 in these transactions as well, they're to be just. And even the idea of the stones, they're stones that Yahweh fashioned, and that should again bring the reminder that you are living stone to be used to build. Do we compare our work and our lives with others around us? Should we? Second Corinthians 10.12 says, Not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are commending themselves, but when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves to one another, they are without understanding. The complete Jewish Bible phrases it, they are simply stupid. (laughs) Here's the thing, guys. Who's the plumb line? Plumb line's the Word. The Word of Yahweh. The Word is the plumb line okay that means that is the just measurement when we start to take our eyes off of Yahweh and start to compare that with anyone else I don't care how good or bad they are. the minute we take our eyes off of Yahweh and his word and start comparing ourselves to someone else saying I'm better than or not as good as we're taking our eyes off the off the goal anyway the word is our measurement and when we when we keep our eyes on the word we come to understand all of us fall short right But that, again, even more so gives us reason to thank Yahweh for His grace because He does make us righteous and He calls us to walk with Him. As we do that, we're learning to walk in His ways, which means we're learning to walk in His righteousness. We're learning to do what is right and what is just. Peter in 1 Peter 5, 4 through 6 says, When the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Likewise, younger ones, submit yourselves to the elders, and all of you clothe yourselves with what? Humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Have we already seen that somewhere else today? Yeah, two other places, right? Therefore, do what? Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of Yahweh so that he will lift you up at the appropriate time. Again, he lifts you up because you're humble. He can trust you with the things that it takes a little more responsibility, you know? Um, A lot of people today think they want the responsibility of certain things, but they don't. Because coming with that responsibility also comes accountability to that thing. (laughs) Doesn't the Scripture even tell us, you know, like today, a lot of people, they want to be teachers. You know, teach people the word of Yahweh. And I'm thinking, do you really? Truthfully? Because what does the Scripture say about it? It says that the teachers will be judged more harshly. Because see, it's not just me and my life and the things that I'm doing and teaching my kids now. Now it's an issue of anyone else who hears what you say and does things based on what you say you are held accountable to. That's scary. So again, we need to make sure we're humble <laughs> and we need to make sure that we're able, we're able to correct things and not too proud to say I'm... So we need to learn to walk that way with Yahweh. But at the same time, are we confident in what Yahweh has given us? Are we, can we walk confidently in, in what He has done for us? Yes, absolutely. Are we content in the things that He has given us? And that's what we need to learn because if we understand everything He's given us is for our good and for the kingdom's good, then we can walk in that and stand confidently in that. So, are we content with what Yahweh has given us, or do we grumble with what he has given us? Grumbling is a symptom of a deeper issue, a discontented heart. If we had a thankful heart, it would keep us out of a lot of problems. It says, it is a heart that is not satisfied with what is received, and our heart believes it deserves more. This attitude is dangerous because it blinds us to the blessings that we have received and focuses our attention on what we think we lack. Again, where we focus affects how we live true. So it breeds discontentment, envy, and bitterness, which can lead to division and strife. And that's not what the Father has called us. To. Because we each have a role in the body. I've said this a few times today, but it's true. We each have a role in the body. And if one part of the body is not fulfilling its function, then the whole body is weak. The whole body suffers. But if we're all working within the body to do our part in the body, then guess what? It's healthy, and it functions, and it's something that we can use to help uh, uh, bring, bring life to others. First Corinthians 12, 11, and 12 says, But the one and the same ruach activates all these things, distributing to each person, how? Individually, as he wills. So even talking about the body and the gifts within it, it says that Yahweh gives by the same spirit to each person individually, as he wills. We can't say, but yeah, Yahweh, you gave this person some awesome gift. How come I don't have that gift? Because he gave it to them. Maybe he's got something else planned for you. Or he didn't say, it, say that you can't have that gift, but maybe now's not the time for it. See? Grow in what he's given you. Learn to walk in what he's given you. Then, maybe later, you can have another gift. It's kind of like giving the 10 year old a Corvette get him a bike. <laughs> Right? Same thing with us. Verse 12, So just as the body is one and has many parts, and all the parts of the body, though many, are one body, so also is the Messiah. 1 Corinthians twelve eighteen 18 and 20, But now God has placed parts, each one of them, in the body as he desired. And if they were all one part, where would the body be? But now there are many parts, yet one body. How about this? Run the race that is set before your brother. No. <laughs> Run the race that's set before you. You can't run a race that's set before somebody else. you would be tripping and falling and trying to get in. No, it's just not going to work. Run in your lane, you know? You ever watch a race and have a runner who gets out of their lane and it trips up everybody? You ever see one where it tripped up everybody and the person who was way behind now all of a sudden wins? <laughs> who got the prize? You're like, well, they don't deserve it. Ah, who finished? You See what I mean? These are the kind of things we're talking about here. The only prize you get is for finishing. doesn't matter if you came and finished. That's what we're looking at. First Corinthians 9, 24. Do you know that in a race, all the, run, all the runners run, but only one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain it. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also get rid of every weight and engaging sin. Let us run with endurance the race set before us. Focusing on Shua. Sure. See that? He didn't say run the race set before you. Focusing on the one who's running next to you. Focusing on the one running ahead of you. Focusing on the one running behind you. Focusing on the bleachers. Focusing on the, on, on, on the snack shack. Focusing on, that's how we need to run the race. That's how we need to live our life. Focusing on Yeshua and the things that... So focusing on Yeshua, the initiator and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, the joy set before him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame as he had taken a seat at the right hand of the throne of Yahweh. Romans 4, uh, 12, 4, 4 through 6. For just as we have many parts in one body, so all the parts do not have the same function. So we who are many are one body in the Messiah and every one parts of one another. We have uh, gifts that differ according to the grace that was given. Same thing when it comes to the workers in the vineyard. I guarantee you everyone was at a different skill level and there may have been some people to go work out there, to go work in the vineyard, and he says, okay, here's your cutters, here's your bucket, and they'll be like, what do I do with this? Right? But it doesn't matter. The important thing was that they go out there and they start doing it. How do you learn? You do it. And you make mistakes. You learn from them. Romans 12:15. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Repay no one evil for evil. Give thought to what is good in the eyes of all people. And if possible, as far as it depends on you, live with shalom with all people. So we're talking about the vineyard and working in the vineyard. So we talked about the workers. What's the vineyard? You know, we talked about things with the harvest and the wheat and everything else. What's the vineyard? I believe the vineyard relates to Israel. Here's some other things too. Numbers 22 to 24, to 25. Remember the story of Balaam. Balaam, Balaam hired Balaam to come and curse the people Israel, right? And so, uh, not belaboring the the, the 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 long drawn out story we can give regarding that. But the short of it is Yahweh said, do not go with them. Do not curse them because I have blessed them. And he kind of threw a tantrum, negotiated with the king. And Yahweh's like, look, you go, you say only what I tell you to say. Don't you dare. And so he goes along the way. And I believe the, his intent was still to do what he was hired to do. Think about it. He's going to go with him, travel this way to go spend his time with this king, to go through all this stuff and not get paid. We're talking a lot of money here. So what's he going to do? Right? So I believe his heart was, was to go and try to, try, in the process of trying to go, trying to find a loophole. <laughs> right? So what happens? The angel of Yahweh stood in the narrow path between the vineyards with a wall on either. And when the donkey saw the angel of Yahweh, she pushed against the wall and pressed Balaam's foot into the wall, so he struck her again. Three times the donkey did this. And then, can you imagine? He starts yelling at the donkey and arguing with the donkey and talking back and forth with the donkey. And here's the king's men looking at him like, are you seeing this? This is the guy that the king wants us to bring. He's yelling at this donkey, right? But here's more food for thought. Rabbinical tradition identifies the wall with a pile of stones erected by Jacob and Laban. Do you remember the story with Jacob and Laban? That when they go and, uh, and, and Yaakov is going to return back home and he's taking his wife and children with them, Levin meets up with him, says, you took my idols. And Yaakov says, I did not. And they had this thing before them. Well, they set up, a, they set up stones before them as a witness to testify that neither one of them would cross this path to do uh, dishonor to the other. So they would say this, this was what was going on here. Now, again, this is just food for thought, things to consider, right? Balaam identified as a descendant of Laban. And so as he's going to cross over these, this border, going to Israel to curse them, that even goes against the oath that Jacob and Laban made with, with one another. You know, how many of you have heard the, the phrase, may Yahweh watch between us as we're apart from him? And you quote that as a scriptural thing, meaning it's endearing, right? Wrong. That's not, that's not what was given there. It was given as an oath, as something to swear to. It's like, may God watch over you if you ever dare try to come back here, you know, kind of a thing. So, again, things to stop and consider that was really going the vineyard is Yahweh. The vineyard is, and you do not try to, to bring harm. Again, the narrow path between the vineyards. Isaiah 5 7 says, The vineyard of Yahweh Zavahot is what? The house of his, and the men of Judah are his pleasant. Jeremiah twelve ten. Many shepherds have destroyed my vineyard what was the vineyard the house of they have trampled down my portion and they have made my pleasant portion people have trampled down the people of Israel and not helped and not helped defend them and not helped culture them and plant them in to be to help become the people working Jeremiah 31:5 again you shall plant vineyards on the mountains of Samaria and the planters shall plant and shall enjoy the fruit Jeremiah 31.10, hear the word of Yahweh, O nations, and declare it in the coastlands far away, say, he who scattered Israel will gather him and will keep him as the shepherd keeps his flock. He says that he will keep Israel. In other words, he's going to keep his vineyard. He's going to keep them and he will be the shepherd over them. He will watch over them and he will guard them. But again, Jeremiah 31, five. you will plant them in the mountains of Samaria. That's prophecy, isn't it? Guess what, guys? Last time we were in Israel. Where where are the mountains of Samaria? Where is Shomron? That's northern Israel. That's the northern Israel. That's in the portion that was given to Ephraim near Shechem, in the portion of the, literally in in the area, the region that was given to Ephraim. You know, Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal. It's up in that way. So we're here in the Shomron, and then they'll have vineyards in the Shomron. There are vineyards there are vineyards in the shomron there are vineyards in this area of israel and guess what guys they're producing fruit they're actually producing this is a fulfillment of prophecy it's happening isaiah 61 1 through 5 speaking of the spirit of adonai Elohim is on thee because adonai has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor he has sent me to the blind to to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the year of adonai's favor and the day of god's vengeance to comfort all who mourn to console the who mourn in Zion to give them beauty for ashes the oil of joy for mourning the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they might be called oaks of righteousness the planting of Adonai that he may be glorified see that oaks of righteousness planting of Adonai all these things keep going verse 4 they will rebuild the ancient ruins they will restore former desolations they will repair the ruined cities the desolations of many generations look at verse 5 strangers meaning those who are not natural descendants of Israel and uh, strangers will stand and shepherd your flocks. Children and foreigners will be your plowmen and vine dresser. Guess what, guys? There are people from the nations of the world who go, or go to Israel to help prune and tend and harvest the vines of the grapes that are there in Shimon. Guess what? Isaiah 61.5 is happening. It's prophecy. And this is another way where Yahweh is fulfilling His Word. And He's doing it. Through his. He's doing it through those who are called by his name. He's doing it through those who have a heart for Yahweh and have a heart for Israel, have a heart to do these things. Therefore, they're going and doing these things. And how many people are doing this without even stopping to realize Yahweh prophesied you are gonna do this. And they're doing it. See, again, back to the thing we talked a little bit about last week, where it says when we read a prophecy in scripture, we stand back and we go, Yahweh, that's awesome. When are you gonna do it? Instead of saying, Yahweh, that's awesome. What's my role? that's what. Yahweh, these prophecies in your word is so awesome. This is amazing. What's my part in? It? What do you want me to do? And so, we're building the kingdom. We're supposed to. The mindset that we approach to the scripture. It's not like reading the word. Yes, Yahweh is going to do amazing things. Even if it's a matter of even just being there to witness it. He still wants us, to, right? Hebrews eleven. How many of you guys have read Hebrews eleven? Need more hands up. <laughs> <laughs> Hebrews eleven is the amazing faith chapter in the Bible. It's like, and everywhere you read it, by faith so-and-so did something. If we're walking in faith, we have a role. We have something we need to do, right? Matthew 9. Almost finished here. Matthew 9, 36-38. Yeshua, when he saw the crowds, he felt compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his Talmudim, the harvest is plentiful. Therefore pray to the Lord of the harvest that he may send workers into the harvest field. Even in that, see that? He says... The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. This few can, can mean small in number, but it can also mean not equipped. You don't have the right tools for the job, you know? So we need two things to happen here. We need to equip the workers, and we need a good amount of them, right? And then he says, Then pray to the Lord of the harvest, that he sends the workers into the harvest. So we're saying, Yahweh, well, you're gonna do some great and amazing things. And he's like, Yeah, I gave you the tools, go do it. <laughs> What's up? Matthew 10, 6 through 8. But go instead to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Remember when he sent his, his disciples out? He sent them, says, Go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and go as you proclaim. The kingdom of heaven has not a matter of the kingdom of heaven will be here someday somehow. It's Al-Yad at hand, right here. Al-Yad meaning on hand means on hand. How much closer can you get than on hand? And that's what he's saying. The kingdom of heaven. And then what does he say? Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those with sorrow, drive out demons. Freely you received, freely give. That's the point I want to make here this last part. Freely you've received, now what do we do with it? Freely give. Yahweh has given to you many things, but he's given it to you to equip you for something to take the... See, you can you can receive and you can grow and you can learn, but when you start to let that pour from you, you freely you've received. In doing so, a kingdom a people his presence and a people to show his glory amen